now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for getting our preview podcast, the Coolmore Classic Day at Rose Hill. Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals, good morning to you. Fantastic morning to you as well, Rolfie. Mate, it is. It's bright and early too. This is your time, isn't it? Quarter past five? Well, it's pretty quiet. That's what you like, isn't it? Just <laughs> nice and peaceful, clear mind. Everything should be nice and sharp. Absolutely right. So, Rose Hill, look, how good is it to talk about a big Sydney meeting knowing that there's just no issue with weather? That's fantastic. I mean, this is all. We don't ask for a lot. <laughs> and um, thank goodness we've been given the privilege of have, with a bit of luck, Ralphie, or maybe not so much luck, we're just going to get good track. Absolutely. So uh, the, the rail will be true. First off, from a, uh, a lane bias and position and running basis, what's your mindset with Rose Hill? Well, with Rose Hill, you've always got this little bit of a challenge in terms of how many lanes you can operate with. And the reality is close to the fence, three, four off the fence is a good place to be, maybe up to six off the fence, and then you really need to get into the middle of the track. 12 off the fence or wider is the best place to be from there, Ralphie. So I'm taking a position. There's going to be some opportunities for horses on pace, and there will be in some of the bigger fields the opportunity to come from midfield slightly further back, particularly if you can get into the middle of the track. All right, well, if you're getting this for the first time, of course, Fridays, we uh, we do our deep dive. We talk about mindset for the next day, and then tomorrow we'll talk business. So, of course, if there's been any uh, different uh, information that uh, come, comes to hand by through Friday and after scratchings tomorrow morning, we'll, of course, bring that to you. But we start off with the Coolmore Classic, uh, the uh, Group 1 race over 1,500 metres. Vince, a lot of these uh, actually ran on the 25th of the 2nd, uh, two, uh, sorry, three three weeks ago, so that, uh, sorry, three weeks ago for Ana Vista, the rest, most of them ran on, on in different races two weeks ago on the 25th, uh, that's the likes of Espiona at Sandown, Hope in Your Heart at Rose Hill, also at Rose Hill Hinge, and Ruthless Day in the Philly, so there's some mixed form lines, even though a lot of them um, ran on the same day, but by the look of what happened on as far as leading runs, they're all chasing Ana Vista, aren't they? Well, it really is that, and it's one of those situations, Ralphie. If it was 1,400 metres, you pretty much would put the big rubber stamp on Ana Vista and he's like, is, is that right? It's around 5 $6 early markets? Yeah. They obviously don't respect, uh, the, as they say, the Melbourne form. Well, like I said, if it was 1,400 metres, Ralphie, I'd probably say the horse is more like an even money chance. But at 1,500 metres, I know it's only another 100. The profile does sort of come off a bit. <laughs> Yeah. And maybe we're a lot closer to where the price is. So this is really all going to get back down to what happens over the last 100 with Ana Vista because it is the horse to beat, particularly on the first up run. It was airborne. It was absolutely smashing, Ralphie. 4.5 above, best of the day. We have been talking a little bit about this stable that they have a little bit of Annabelle Nisham about them in terms of how forward they've got their horses. And the data does show that there was just a little bit of a drop-off at the end. So we can be confident that I expect the horse to be absolutely top of the game for this race. It's just all about 1,500 metres. So how much speeds are going to be early is going to be important. And I look at the profile of this horse, 
is the is this runner going to go out at the same speed as Flemington around that two point eight? Who's going to p- apply the pressure to make sure it's going to be run at a good speed? And my view is, as long as they don't sort of extend too much beyond that, they'll be fine. Because there's been a couple of situations, Ralphie. There was one race at Mooney Valley, if you can remember, going back to October twenty one. That was a mile race. The horse went 3.7 lengths above benchmark first first section. Now, maybe it was at the end of the campaign, really completely busted open over the last 400. But then that other run, Ralphie, and this is the one that I'm hoping doesn't happen, is the start before Flemington on the 2nd of October when it went 5.2 lengths faster than standard through the first section. Still going at a pretty solid speed between the 8 and the 400 of plus 1.7 and then blew up and got beaten two and a half. So what I'm saying is this, Ralphie, if the horse runs at that sort of speed, three and a half to five range, it's not going to get the 15. So what what is your prediction as far as, as far as the early part of the race? Because, of course, the early part of the race can tell you what can happen late in the race. And yep. um, the, the two leaders, and, of course, please use your uh, – as, as a customer, please use the uh, early edition of Race Speed Profiles to guide you here. Early edition uh, of your Race Speed Profiles, leaders and Visto and expat from Pride of Jenny and Larks per run. I'd say under these circumstances, particularly for what you put on the table – a wide draw is ideal for Nash Willer because that's, that gives him options to not have to overextend early if they are going too fast inside him. I really hope that's the case. And if the horse can, well, obviously, if there's no pressure up front, I, I have no issues with Nash going forward and then controlling the speed. He's excellent at that, right? Yep. But if he's got to get across and he's got to use a bit of fuel just to get into his position and they are running, you know, expats first up went 3.9 above benchmark first section, Ralphie and then yep. actually increase the pace between the 8 and the 400. So you know this horse is quite capable of putting in big exertion through the first two sections. Now, it is second up, 21 days between break. I hope there's, well, you know, the horse might still be slightly on the fresh side, and probably what we don't want is that overextension of this horse as well because, I look at his range. He's he's anywhere between one point five four and five lengths above standard through the first section, and we're looking for that sort of one point four to two and a half range, and that would be ideal. So probably one of the reasons with the market saying that uh, yeah, yeah, it was good first up, but we're letting you on at the mid fires price. Um, last autumn, second up, Newcastle. This was the transferred meeting, of course, from uh, from Rose Hill uh, when the when the big wet was there. It it, it was favourite, but it was unplaced, as, even though it was close up. But beaten point six of a length at, at Newcastle, second up. So what I'm saying is, yeah, that's probably a chance that it, that's dr- driven the market a little bit. What were the excuses on the day? Well, you have a look firstly the ground conditions for the horse, and then just the way the race shape was. This horse. It, or, you know, it's got the flip the flip coin. It's not that it does it can't handle a slow pace, but the reality is just the way the setup of that race was, it was an ideal Ralphie for the horse. 8.1 lengths below benchmark through the first section. That was six lengths slower than the Flemington run first up. Mind you, that run was below benchmark as well, but that was, again, due to ground conditions. And then, I mean, the horse made the big exertion in the mid-race. That I'm not saying that's what did the horse in terms of, you know, running out of energy because I look at the last 400 metres, there was still good uh, pressure there applied by the horse in terms of the way it held on. It was just one of those scenarios. 
I felt that the ground conditions with the with the race shape wasn't the best for the horse on that day. I have no fears with this horse second up, Ralphie, and for me that wouldn't be the reason why I would, you know, lengthen the price of the horse. I just feel it's just if we get a good first four hundred metres, then the horse can be very hard to beat. So Hinge you've got next now. Hinge is the is the mare that comes from a different form line to a few of these that that is running uh, running sixth to, to Animo, but it was also. Uh, First up, second to Animo, off a very slow pace. But it produced a very good IVR figure that day. I dare say this is Chris Waller's grand final horse because, and I'm talking about for this race specifically, because they've chosen to to avoid the race with Fangirl. So he's obviously got a lot of uh, um, faith in this horse, Hinge. And while it hasn't won for a while, it's produced several good performances, including that outstanding run in the Golden Eagle last year. Yeah, well, this is a horse we've got to give a stack of respect and does get you know, like if we're looking for great placement in terms of race shape, it's got it. It's a hundred percent got excellent race shape. That Rose Hill run back in October last year, you have a look at the breakdown. Three and a half lengths above benchmark first section, going one point one above between the eight and the four, and still managed to finish off the last four hundred virtually the same speed, plus one. I just feel that this horse not only suffered some slowdown in that race looks set to run to that profile and is a very dangerous horse here. Now, I've marked it at the moment with a, a qualifying run of plus 2.2. Don't be surprised if we might have this horse on top tomorrow morning. Right. So uh, in in, uh, in in simple terms, we've got Ana Vesto at 4.5, hinged to chase it, but hinged in that 3.8 golden in the Golden Eagle, what you're saying is there's enough evidence in the data to say it can certainly run a 4.5 tomorrow if required. Well, I'll look at it like this. I reckon out of this, they probably won't run to 4.5 at the at the distance, Rolf. I think this horse is going to run somewhere a lot closer to that three mark, maybe three and a half. And this is why I don't reckon Hinge will go beyond that, but Hinge will definitely run mid threes. And this is where the contest starts to get created. Okay, so that's uh, that's around about eight dollars. Next, you got hope in your heart, and again, we can we can line up hope in your heart with hinge, not from this prep, but from that golden eagle where hope in your heart ran fourth. It was fifty one dollars v thirteen dollars, but four point two lengths above benchmark. We're talking about the I wish I win form, and uh, it was it was a serious race. The golden eagle, uh, hope in your heart was terrific first up, and uh, it takes on horses that it met that day two weeks ago, like Larkspur Run, Mustang Valley, uh, Yearning, and Mirror Vision. It was second favourite that day, but it one like it, uh, it, it was a, it was a horse that's uh, that's still on the up. Yeah, well, and finished in front of Hinged as well, Ralphie. So that gives us a lot to that in the Golden Eagle. Yeah, yeah, in the uh, Golden so, Eagle. Yeah, absolutely. And if we and if we just have a look at the pressure of that race, so is this, you know this is all about those signs. Two and a half lengths or two point six lengths faster than standard through the first section. Maintain the speed between the eight and the four hundred. Another runner that lost. The scene's believing, right? And then you match it with the numbers, right? The horse lost almost four lengths of momentum from inside to the 600 to the 200 metre mark and then rebounded with a plus 1.8 last 200 metres. That was an outstanding run, Ralphie. First up, uh, look, the break was short. Again, another horse. Kerry yep. appears to have this horse very primed. Yes. 1.8. So, yep. yep. Sorry, first up. Ninth best of the day. What are we looking for? We're looking for this horse to make the next leap second up. Can this horse do it? I feel on dry ground. Not that this horse can handle wet ground, but I feel on dry ground this horse could be even better. 
In other words, one of many horses that uh, we probably didn't see its true talent uh, through 2022 with the continuous wet tracks. Yeah, and I love this because this sort of then gives me a lot of confidence that we're really starting to narrow down the number of chances in this race. Big field, not many chances. Well, that, that creates value. Yes, and this is <laughs> one horse that we definitely – is a high probability of getting on the podium. The challenge, of course, is always if it came from a Waller stable – or used to stable, sure, the market might have it tighter, but our confidence would elevate further in the sense that they understand how to have their horses 100% ready for these big races, Ralphie. Well, there's not much between uh, Hinged and uh, Hoping Your Heart. There wasn't much in the go- between them and the oh. Golden Eagle. There's not much in the market here as well. Hoping Your Heart around about $7. Uh, I'll go with some market order here as well because the horse we haven't touched on yet is Ruthless Dame, uh, the uh, the filly. She's a, she's an emerging horse. There's no doubt about that. She's only had the four starts. Both runs this time in. Excellent. And the Ma used this big race warning. <laughs> the big race <laughs> warning. Yeah, well, it's one of these horses. It's please yourself scenario. Not really uh, that rider engagement. Yep. It's interesting, right? To me, well, I said late, so they would have had yeah. been restricted in their choices. Yeah, well, that, that brings creates a lot of challenges, I feel. That's a little bit of a flag for me. The way the horse finished off, beautiful. Went through the first section, 4.2 below, 2.9 between the 8 and the 400. Excellent last 400, a 3.3 lengths faster than standard. Now, if I compare that to the, the Sandown run, it was very similar, Ralphie, in terms of the exertion through the first section. The only difference was the, the, the runner did close a little bit better off that long break in terms of like the last 400, probably more so than the last 200 metres. Up to the 1,500, I don't see any issues. The only thing that I see against the horse, besides the rider, it's a big race. You can have all the lightweight, but you still need to be able to have your wits about you and you've got to understand the tactics and when to move. I feel that this horse also hasn't had the challenge of the pressure. And, you know, let's be serious. This is this race isn't going to be run slow. Yep. And if this horse, is, if, I've, if I'm reading it correctly and I feel this horse's natural speed is somewhere around that three to five lengths below standard through the first section, this horse is going to be a long way back. Good luck. <laughs> now, well, he's probably going to look for the lanes, Ralphie, right? Because yeah. the best place for a young rider is just get out into the, into the free space so you can't uh, have trouble. But yep. if you're 12 off them, good luck. Right, so it's a challenge there as far as yeah. your your thoughts compared to market expectations. Uh, and the, the final different form line, before I get to ask you about the couple of overseas runners, yep. is, is the Sandown lead-in two weeks ago. Espiona won, she was very strong, but unusually for a small field, there was good pressure on, and also in that race was uh, was uh, Torrigine and Pride of Jenny. Interestingly, Pride of Jenny, that, that race at Flemington you referred to, which busted open Ana Visto, well, Pride of Jenny thrived on those conditions that day, yep. and she, she nearly... Uh, uh, nearly pulled her off at huge odds, and she was pre- that was when she was before she went to Mar Eustace. So she's huge odds here. Espion has always had a boom on her events since a big uh, a big start to her career with two big wins. At the moment, Melbourne form is better than Sydney form, but you've continuously said one thing: you've really hung your hat on with this horse. She needs clean ground. She really does need clean ground. And I remember last week, you know, in talk, talking internally when we were reviewing this horse that. It could have been quite easily, could have just dropped off the horse leading into that sand down run. But 
when you look at it very closely, we felt that it was very prudent that we didn't, and we got you know stuck with the horses being a genuine probability of running dynamically, and. We were rewarded. There it is, 2.2 lengths above benchmark, seventh best performance of the day. Now, when I look at the history of this horse, we have to pretty much go back to the first prep. When it, Let's go backwards, Ralphie. November 21, 1,400 metres, when the horse absolutely crushes the competition, produces the best performance of the day, 2.4 lengths above benchmark. Now, as I talk about the tales of life, it's been chasing that number ever since. But I don't feel this horse has really had much opportunity to see if it can improve on that figure. And there it is, last start, 2.2 above, getting the right ground, like you said, Ralphie. And I actually believe that this horse is now going to come right to its top it's going to appreciate the, the clean ground. It's going to like this race shape, drawn to perfection, right? Just needs a little bit of luck. And I expect a big run from this horse. This is probably one of the four main chances. Drawn to perfection needs a bit of luck. Who's riding it? Michael D. He's winning yep. on everything under those circumstances in big races at the moment. <laughs> and that's the reason why I think we need to not dismiss him at this stage. Okay, so a bit of work to do overnight. And uh, and that lines up with Torajid and Pride of Jenny. Is Pride of Jenny a chance of getting that beautiful run on pace and, and leaping, Mar Eustace? <sighs> well, you just said it with the stable. How can how can they ever be ignored of anything, right? They just <laughs> yes. can't, right? It's impossible. There's no way you could sit there and say no because that first up run was solid. I mean, yeah. benchmark performance, when I look at the history of this horse, that's at least two lengths better than any other first up run. So how well have they got that horse going? Superbly. And do you feel it's not going to improve? Just a drop off over the last 400 metres, it dropped off around two and a half lengths in conditioning. So you know this horse is going to absolutely elevate. Up on the speed, up with the pressure is always going to be a challenge. But this horse is one that can cope with, I feel, a good level of pressure. You've got to just go back to that October 21 run when it demonstrated how it can handle high speed, 6.4 lengths above benchmark. It went through that first section, Ralphie. Still travelling one and a half above between the eight and the four and got beaten the short margin. Well, it's, it's huge odds. So one to uh, consider for multis at, at very worst. We'll talk business tomorrow. G- give us a couple of insights. And this is a bit of a challenge, I reckon, Vince. And <laughs> these overseas runners with unusual profile. Times Square, well, has she seen clean ground? Uh, she looked good to the eye. Mean, might mean nothing in, the, in that long chomp when, when in the, watching the replay. What have you been able to gather with Times Square? Well, that's definitely the best of the pack of the ones that are coming into this race from the overseas runners. I, when I went through all the performances yesterday, Ralphie, this was the runner. I pinned at 1.4 for this particular race, and I really can't help but think that I have an expectation. That's probably what we can expect to get out of this particular horse on, from what I say, from a first-up run, just in terms of where it's at right now and what it's got coming into this race. The rest, the other, two, the other two international runners, I feel they're a long way behind and they didn't, you know, even at their very best, they're only producing performances that are in the mid-one range and I'd have no expectation that those horses are going to hit that sort of figure first up. But Times Square, 
I've got a little bit of respect for this. It is capable of, on its day, running in the three range. So, you know, we've got a hurdle rate of around 2.3, Ralphie. So it has to be given some respect. Is it the sort of horse that I would... I mean, with the overseas runners, I've worked out over the years, like, when they sort of got that right profile to say, bang, I want to be with you. I just feel this one's like, no matter how I move the jigsaw pieces, it's like one runaway. All right. Well, it sounds like at the moment you, you, um, you're thinking that Hinge is very good at each way value, but, uh, you know, no knock Anavisto, maybe the last bit, and then hope in your heart and Espion are the other two to you, you really keep you on side. It's, it's Hinge, open your heart, Anavisto gets away with the right first section. It's there to get the prize, and you know they're airborne with the horse. Absolutely. All right, we'll talk business tomorrow. Uh, let's uh, let's go uh, in in uh, consecutive race order to the Group Two, the Ajax. Uh, again, I'll ask you first about how you think the uh, speed of this race will unfold. This is race nine, Ralphie. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Well, there's three horses that look like probabilities of going forward. Well, Rawadini, Bandersnatch. They look the obvious two to take that forward running, and they, that's going to be the key. What are we going to get? I mean, at the moment, Ralph, the way I've marked it is I actually feel there's a chance that we could run benchmark unless someone wants to pull the trigger. So it's just going to get down to if only if a rider wants to pull the trigger. Is Tim Clark going to do that? Tim Clark's always a little bit of a challenge when he's on go-forward horses about how he's going to set the pace. And, and Roald Dini, if you look at this horse – I don't believe he's the sort of horse you can cuddle up. You've got to roll with him. And if I look at what the horse did first up, it was awful, right? 7.8 lengths below benchmark first section. <laughs> but I looked at it like this. I looked at it that has been more like a tune-up because the way the horse closed was fantastic. Just wasn't happy with what they did with this horse through the first section, which in my view was a little bit uncharacteristic. But if they've got this race as a target, or a potential target where they really want to have this horse leapfrog, then that's a smart tactic about not overextending through the first section when you're coming off a little bit of a break, and they're probably looking for the bounce to be a peaking run tomorrow. Well, I might put this on the table via uh, trainers' uh, expectations. So during barrier one, they announced the change of tactics. So that was that. That just said no intent for speed. Tomorrow, the golden switch for barrier eleven, and I would say the short-term goal is the Doncaster. So that what what really adds up is that from wide barrier, they're just going to let this horse roll so that it can peak into its grand final. Yeah, and so what I'm hoping is that the horse is going to go out. And just looking at the last two campaigns, I expect the horse to go out around benchmark to plus one. Yep. With Tim Clark on board, right? So then it's just going to get back down. Okay, what would Bandy Snatch do? This is the key. You know, what's that horse going to do? The first up run, six and a half lengths below benchmark. I peel back and look at the prep before when it was first up a sand. It went plus 1.8. I go through the previous campaign it's around a benchmark plus one horse so there's a chance Ralphie that we could be reasonably orderly and this will open up the race superbly for I feel for a number of horses and some of them may be at odds yeah absolutely on your on your um, most advanced chart but we'll start with a favorite at Waterford so 
three starts, Rose Hill 1,500 for three wins. And I say that not because of the raw stats that I know you don't uh, take, pay attention to, but sometimes trainers do. Chris Waller loves a, loves a pattern, and uh, this probably tells you that uh, it's it's a short-term grand final qualifier for a big race like the Doncaster. So what do you, what's your level of expectations with a barrier trial since his last run? All right. So the first thing is this source has never been on dry ground in my view, right? Yep. Not from a race point of view. It's been winning on wet tracks and the performances have been soft. They're around the benchmark range just below. In fact, the best performance so far is 0.3 below, winning at Rose Hill over 1,500. Of course, race shapes create what your overall performance is. But let's take a close look at the uh, the actual race, Ralphie. That was over 1,300 metres, 3, 3.3 below, eight eight. Ranked 84 on the day, soft speed 9.6 lengths below benchmark, then went to the trial on the 27th of the second and went 4.8 below. So actually went backwards. Slightly quicker speed, very similar to the actual race in terms of the mid-race. And the pleasing part for me was the last 200 metres of this horse. They really sort of asked for a bit of an effort. It went two, almost two lengths faster than standards at the barrier trial. But that doesn't sort of give me huge excitement, right? The only thing that keeps this horse in the race for me is the fact that the hurdle rate's only plus 1.2, and we haven't seen the best of this horse. So this horse can leap, but off the trial and the first up run just looks behind. Like, it looks behind either a run or um, maybe it's been waiting for the dry ground. Well, Ascension is a horse who we won't have any problem fitness-wise. It's now absolutely airborne for Mar Eustace, and its second local prep, it had one little cameo back in June, but it's kept improving. It's kept loving the firm tracks. Got that at Mooney Valley in a really fast race, pounding one, and really proved a, a, a so, solid uh, hit out for it to then peak at Ramwick last start. William Pike goes on. I looked at his stats. Vince, what about him? Did he switch on last week? He ran seven winners over the weekend after after having some plain stats. So he's back in town, literally in Sydney. What's your assessment with Ascension? Well, if you look at about who's who's the, the hot horse on the scene in terms of form, well, it's this one, right? Yeah. It's clear cut. Last start, Ramwick Mile. You can't go any better. Best of the day, plus 1.7. Fantastic. New PB. Upper length on the run before, which sort of gives you the indication that the horse is okay. We could say on one hand, come to the top, and on the other hand, there's still slightly more improvement to come. And then when I look at the breakdown, and that's what I was looking for, I was wanting to see if there was a negative split at the end. In other words, the horse tapering below the the uh, energy exertions leading into the last 200 metres. And what I found was the opposite. Between the six and the horse, the horse has peaked with a plus 1.8 lengths faster than standard. Then lost, are you ready for this, Ralphie? <laughs> 3.2 lengths between the four and the two, a rebound with 0.8 above benchmark. That's the complete opposite to what it did the start before when it was just sensational over the last 800. That combined... Last 800 at Mooney Valley was in excess of 10 lengths faster than standard, Ralphie. So, there so we it's, are. It's in the zone. Well, it's in the zone and deserves to be at the top of the market, in my view.
Nice. Well, the other horses in the market at the moment, not in your most advantage, is, is Sabark. Uh, what's the case for Sabark? Obviously, uh, last spring it uh, it ran a bold race when it was just beaten a nose by Ellsberg in a really, really fast race. Laws of Indices, Uncle Bryn, uh, it proved a really good form race uh, because of the high pressure there. Is is he a runaway? Is that what you're, you're sort of questioning? Well, I never say that with Annabelle Nisham. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, what what got the horse beat last start? That first section, 8.1 lengths below benchmark. Definitely didn't help the horse. Big negative. Beautiful run in the mid-race, though, Ralphie. Nice and powerful. Made a 9.3-length mid-race squeeze and then finished off the last 400, 2.1 lengths fast and standard. So excellent in the way the horse finished. Love everything about it. So here we are, coming in second up. So my challenge is this. We do have a 4.1 with this horse, right? And so what this is giving me the signal is that potentially on class, it's probably the class runner. Now, is this horse going to appreciate the 1500 second up? Well, I would say yes, right, is my view. I'd say definitely yes, we'll appreciate it. And the question's going to get back down to what are they going to do? Are they going to be looking for a sit or are they also going to want to take the front running with the horse? Right now, I've just come in and said, okay, your first up run was benchmark. Do you deserve to go all the way up and be 4.1 above and take the top of the podium on the charts? So come tomorrow morning, this is the horse to beat from the seven. That's where we're at with this horse. Yep. Um, Why have you found room in your most advantage for $61 chance superior? Well, First, when they're big odds, Ralphie, I, I just said to myself, oh, how can this be possible, right? You know, what's not right? Seriously, Ralphie, I've gone through and I've had a real close look at this horse's last three three or four runs, and I go, are you kidding me, aren't you? I mean, let's let's look first back on the December the 17th. 1.4 above, third best of the day. Went through the first section 5.2 below. Between the 8 and the 4 went 4.4 above and 9 links above benchmark last 400. So here's the first signal. The first signal is this 100%. This is the horse has got the biggest 400-meter sprint in the field and also has the best sustained speed over the last 800. So I was then wanting to see if I could validate that because, I mean, the horse has been beaten some serious margin. But then, okay, let's go to Newcastle last start. Got beaten a long way, like 7.2. That's I, I say this is the reason why the horse is big price, right? Yep. The last two runs when you look at the margin. But let's look at it. 9.3 lengths below benchmark first section. This is at Newcastle. Between the 8 and the 4 went 6.2 above last 400, 3.3 above. That's not a horse that's going backwards in its campaign. This is a, a horse that's on fire. And if I want confirmation, let me just go one run further back. Rose Hill, 1,400. 8.6 lengths below benchmark. Between the 8 and the 4, it's gone 3.7 above. Last 400 metres, 6.3. Another run that's almost 10 lengths faster than standard for the combined last 800. This horse has been going like a jet. But the challenge has been... In running, how they've slotted the horse, 
the head starts have been too big. This is very different shape tomorrow. Small field, no matter what happens here, this horse is always going to be in the strike rate. Now, the strike zone for this horse, I see this horse being five to eight lengths off him. Now, if this horse is eight lengths off him, given that it's now this campaign, it's produced out of its five runs, four out of the five runs have been a combined 10 lengths or faster above benchmark last 800. Therefore, it is definitely a horse that's going to be good enough to storm home and potentially uh, beat them all. Sixty-one dollars, twenty-one dollars. Bordajont, I've probably pronounced that wrong, but Michael D, the on-fire rider, Annabelle Nisham, uh, she's got the third favourite, Sabark. But you're saying be very careful of riding off this runner. First start for Annabelle Nisham. It uh, it ran at Rose Hill last spring as an import. Yeah, well, this horse. It, what I'm liking about this that run at Rose Hill, that one, you know, the first race start that it had in Australia. Yep, and it turned up and ran 0.8 above. 26 best, but let's look at what I had to do in that 2,000 metre race. Did the horse ever get a chance to breathe? 1.6 below benchmark through the first section, went 0.6 above between the 8 and the 4, and then last 400 metres, two lengths faster than standard. So when you look at that, all you can see is this horse has had to run a race from start to finish. I don't ever believe that's ideal for a horse when they're going to have to start running in a new country at 2,000 metres. I sort of get it if it's over a shorter distance, but not over a longer distance. And then I have a look at the trial, and I go, wow. 10.2 lengths below the standard through the first 400 metres. That was the 1,200-metre trial. Like, did nothing. But then in the mid-race, I go, yeah, have a look at this. Almost a 10-length acceleration, Ralphie. Not 9.3 lengths acceleration between the 8 and the 4. That's big. And then... I always look for that little bit of franking, last 200 metres, plus 1.8. I go, that is a magnificent tune-up race, and this is far more of an ideal let's take off first run. And this is, I feel, in the horse's wheelhouse as well. Leading into, um, you know, into Australia, this horse had an excellent profile at a mile, so why not? Gee, and uh, Annabelle Neeson, you happy with her as a first-up trainer? Oh, I love her. <laughs> <laughs> nice and simple. Uh, many people will pick up the pace a little bit here, Vince. Ma many will be uh, anchoring the, their, their best on the uh, odds on Zoo Gotcha in the far lap stakes in race six. Uh, Chris Waller was thinking about uh, it could have run it in the Coolmore elected here, and the market's got it as a dollar uh, dominant dollar sixty favourite. Is there any uh, knock on Zoo Gotcha? No, no. So yeah, okay. So they had all those options. Is that well, all the things they were thinking about, Ralphie? Yeah, it was there on the table for him. It probably adds to the confidence in Hinged in that race too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, oh, it's a pity. I hope this horse gets a little bit better in the price, but, you know, it's one of those things, can you or can't you get on? I mean, the way I like to play, but let, let's, just, you know, last start, 0.8 above benchmark, ranked 24 in the day. Didn't really do a lot of work through the first section, three lengths below benchmark held its speed between the 8 and the 400, used all the exertion over the last 400 metres, went plus two, probably a five-length squeeze overall. Uh, the data's just clearly saying that this horse is most likely going to improve somewhere between one to three lengths. It's got a 2.1 PB. It looks set to smash that. The hurdle rate is a 0.2. So I just sit back here and say, okay, 
I'm not going to get excited. Just the graph is saying you're going to trend right up to 2.1, possibly go to a new PB. And good luck to anybody else in the race. Is really, is, you know, <laughs> is it's sad, but I mean, I always like to see horses, you know, where we could find some extra value. But sometimes the values right before you don't go looking for wide runners when they're not good enough. Race seven, the sky high stakes uh, for over two thousand metres. Uh, well, this is a market that uh, that's saying if you can find the winner, you're going to get a good price. King Frankel's the favourite at four dollars, but there's others in the market like Sunshine Rising and Protagonist. Uh, what's your early thoughts at the moment with this race? It's an interesting race. Probably not Knight's Order's an interesting runner to kick off with, Ralphie. Last campaign, this horse was doing some crazy things. Up front. <laughs> yeah, yeah, up front and airborne and, and put in some monster performances. Even though, you know, like from a, if you look at it from a, from the clock point of view, they're only, all, you know, near benchmark or slightly above. So nothing, you know, like over the top. Ground conditions, race shapes can be a, a big impact in terms of what this horses did last campaign but i just thought that first up run 2.6 lengths faster than standard through the first section excellent speed for this horse coming off a good break and then was entitled to de- deteriorate but it didn't deteriorate that much Pro- i look at from the 600 home the horse lost maybe two and a half lengths so big improvements going to come from this horse going to thrive on the step up to the 2,000 metres. And there's no challenges up front. Like, this horse could easily go to the front and it just depends on at what point do they want to take off or are they going to just going to try and look for a creep, just extend the margin as the race continues. Either way, I feel this is the ideal horse for Mr. Tim Clark and I expect a big run from this horse. Why? Because the hurdle rate's only sort of 0.4. The King Frankel's the favourite. He got a pretty soft lead uh, last start, shared it. He, he won't get a soft lead tomorrow if Knight's Order's doing what you're going to say to, uh, he's going to do. It probably makes him a little bit vulnerable, doesn't it? Well, he's a lightly raced horse. It was a good run first up. I don't see him, well, I mean, anything's possible. Maybe Tim Clark might let Tyler lead, right? Yep. If, there's, you know, if they go crazy. But the reality is that I'll be surprised if Frankel's leading. And if it is, I'll, I'll probably start to feel a little bit like what you're saying is, you know, what's that mean for the horse on the overexertion that it may have to end up creating if it wants to own the front? The way it finished off, though, last start was fantastic. But when I say fantastic, 5.6 lengths faster than standard last 400 is also a clear sign. This horse has, I don't reckon this horse had any time off, Ralphie. From I just feel this horse is coming rock hard fit. Yeah. Sometimes there's that illusion that this horse could just leap into a new dimension, and I'm not so sure about that. Nine year old sunshine rising. The avalanche came for it at Sandown, but you know we we're pretty confident it was a run short. And then when the field strung out, that uh, that proved the case. It was a very good run though on the day. Uh, has it got another level to go? It was a really good run. <sighs> not bad for a, a horse doing what it's doing in terms of, uh, you know, age. And I just got to, I just go back to that Ramwick run, Ralphie, back in December. That I feel that's its real profile, and that's, like, excellent for this race. Good speed through the first section, 4.8 lengths below benchmark. So if I 
sort of indicate that this horse is going to run somewhere around that speed here. This horse is probably going to be somewhere between five to maybe eight lengths off him. So I look for that closing capability, and there it is, that Randwick mile, 6.3 above between the eight and the four, and 5.7 lengths above over the last 400. So you just add those two together. That's 12 lengths, Ralphie. Now, I'm not suggesting if you're 12 lengths from the leader that you can reel them in, right? Yep. But if you're inside the elastic band of eight, then let's go for it because the last start run, even though it was a short break, the numbers are saying you're going to improve off that run. The Australian Bloodstock boys got protagonists. They're very, very good at targeting uh, the right import. So is William Haggis, who's got an unbelievable strike rate in Australia. And just for those looking at his overseas profile of note, He's only had one prep with William Haggis too, so there's every chance he could be at a new level. Well, how are you scoring him from overseas? Well, I spent a good couple of hours on this horse just yesterday, Ralphie, and I was probably hoping to see something, you know, like, wow. Yep. And the wow was 2.6 lengths below benchmark, and I go, forget about it. So if it wins, it won't be with you. No, no, I just felt the profile's too poor. Yep. Zarek was good first up. Why is he fifteen, sixteen dollars? <laughs> well, I don't get it. That right. first, like that first up run, one point six above, fourteenth best of that. The only thing that I can come back to saying is, okay, could the horse still be flattened? Twenty one days between runs. That's the only negative you could potentially find those because that run was fantastic, and to go second up. Well, the horse has done it in the past, and I see no issues with that. He's a winner at the trip, or are they also, you know, suggesting maybe this horse is better with given the ground? Well, not based on last start run. It was almost faultless in its performance, just outside of the top 10 in the day. I can't see any reason why this horse is the price it is, and the reality is this. Remember, the hurdle rate's 04 and it's got a 0.7 above just from Randwick back in March of last year. All right, and we'll round off with uh, our, our deep dive. Of course, we'll talk business and cover all races tomorrow, but I wanted to ask you about the uh, Morris McCartan Race 5 on the program here because you've put a bit of a stamp that there's, there's a bit of confidence about you here, and at the top of the – there's four horses deep in the market, Clemenceau, Colino, Athelric, and Cannonball, and you make a pretty strong case for Cannonball. First start for Team Snowden after showing a little bit of promise as a, uh, as a younger horse with uh, the Freemans. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and – Let's just have a look at this run, Ralphie. Last campaign, Flemington, this is the way it finished off its preparation, 1.2 above, managed to sort of get into that top 10 for the day. That's excellent profile. The winner, the winner goes, all right, called Giga Kick. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> um, and then you look at the effort the horse had to do. It's not easier, Flemington, Ralphie, when you're running pretty much from start to finish above benchmark. It's a tough thing to do. And the horse... There was a bit of momentum lost between the six and the 400 that I felt absolutely stifled the horse's energy and could have, in fact, allowed this horse to be much higher in terms of its overall IVR score. Leading barrier trial, very, very solid, giving the indication that this horse is pretty much set. So when you come in with a barrier trial near benchmark, Ralphie, what it does is it gives you a clear sign the horse is probably going to run right up to what it did at a PB last campaign, subject to 
if there was any inefficiency in that run. So I just said, I can't help but score this horse at least plus 1.2 with the possibility of going further up because it doesn't have to do much off the barrier trial to run to that level. And here you are. Nice. All right. Well, Thelric Clemenceau, the other main chances there. That'll round off our preview for Rose Hill for Coolmore Stakes Day. As mentioned, we're going to talk business tomorrow, uh, looking at the most advantage and uh, and any uh, outlays that, that uh, Vince would be keen on. But at the moment, it uh, looks like there's a fair bit of value throughout the day. Uh, hopefully, you've enjoyed our insights and uh, we can help steer you the right way tomorrow morning. <laughs>